1: Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. I am sure there are very few people within the sound of my voice to whom the name Scrooge does not conjure up an instant picture. Our Scrooge is one James Dudley Hill, and it so happens that Charles Dickens' description fits him to a T. Tight-fisted, squeezing, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner secretive and self-contained and solitary as an oyster. And yet this man had a great sense of humor. Who else would play a joke that wouldn't pay off until after he was dead?
2: James, your grandfather was a gold prospector. This million-dollar estate, what did it bring him? Loneliness. So I, his son, am selling everything in it, all the treasures. When I'm gone, you, son, can have Castle Hill... And do with it what you like. Be realistic, Father. How how could I ever afford the taxes for one day? Because I shall leave you a fortune. But it won't come to you easily. You'll have to find it.
1: Our mystery drama, The Midas of Castle Hill based on a story by Robert Barr, was adapted especially for the Mystery Theater by James Agate, Jr., and stars Norman Rose. I'll be back shortly with Act One. In Northern California, a small mountain looms out of the sea. It is joined to the mainland by a causeway built during the gold rush by the most famous prospector of them all, James Hill, who found enough gold nuggets to make himself a millionaire several times over. But he was a crazy old bird, faithful to one wife who bore him one son. That son, James Dudley Hill, was as stingy as his father was spendthrift. He too died leaving one son, James Hill III, who at this moment is on the telephone.
2: Uh, hello, is this, uh, Monsieur Eugène Valmont, the famous French detective? Oui, yes, this is Valmont. Uh, my name is James Hill III. Uh, I heard you were here in California for an international conference of police chiefs, and I wondered how long you were planning on remaining. The conference is over tomorrow, and of course I will return to Paris. Uh, Monsieur Valmont, do you ever undertake any private detective work? Well, sometimes, uh, if the case is of interest. Uh, may I... Come to see you, perhaps, to discuss the matter. What does it concern, Mr. Hill? Well, I have inherited the uh, family property of Castle Hill, and uh, no, I... No, 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 you do not understand me. I do not wish details. It, uh, is it a case of mysterious death, insanity, a disappearance of a loved one, a cryptic note, missing money? Monsieur Valmont, I think it may be all of those. Vraiment? Uh, then I shall be pleased to listen to your problem. Well, I would like to bring you here, if I may. I'll pick you up at 10. Welcome to Castle Hill, Monsieur Vamont. What magnificence. Do not tell me that you live on this vast estate alone. Quite alone, except for one servant and his dog. But why? Well, actually, I've only begun to live here. You see, my father left no will and... Uh, Allow me to interrupt, please. Uh, Let us begin at the beginning. Uh, How big is the entire mansion? 75 rooms. Did you always live here? No, only as a boy. Then I grew up, married, and went out to work on my own for a lawn and gardening service. Mm. It's outdoor work, suits me fine. I see. Uh, You are the only son. Uh, The only child. A uh, 40-year-old child. And you have inherited this enormous white elephant, but you have no money to keep it. You have quarreled with your wife, and she threatens to leave you and has recently disappeared. And you believe that there is some money somewhere which you would like me to find. Hmm. I was told you were a genius at deductive reasoning, Monsieur Belmont. but to see you in action... uh, Well, it's uh, staggering. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What did you inherit besides this extraordinary monument to the tax collector? Nothing. There's no money, no bank account, no securities... Except for the library, this is a vacant building. Afterwards, I'll take you around Castle Hill. A castle on a hill. Yes, it's well named. But after my mother, Gloria Castle. It's a 13th century English castle, which great-grandfather Hill had brought all the way to California, stone by stone. You see, in those days, people used to look down on a gold prospector as having no culture. It was my father who filled these 25 acres with more culture than any king or European prince ever had. But it was your mother who influenced him to do so. How do you know that? Uh, Continue, please. Father was peculiar, but I loved him in spite of it. Or perhaps loved him for it. You know, I can remember one Christmas, father telling me... James! Money and peace of mind don't go together. My father, your grandfather, died an unhappy man. He poured millions into Castle Hill, and what did it bring him? Loneliness. Your grandfather used to say finding gold gave him the only happiness he knew. Exploring, locating, digging, the act of discovery gave him happiness. I had happiness once, until your mother died... I had love. Now she's gone... I shall dispose of everything in this house. All the statuary on the grounds. that others who go to museums enjoy them. You're going to sell everything, Father? Every single thing. I've been accused of being miserly rich and crazy... and thought of as a nutty Midas. Well, maybe I have been. When I'm gone, son, you'll have Castle Hill... And you can do what you like with it. Be realistic, Father. How could I afford the taxes for one single day? I'd be ruined. <laughs> You'll have something. I'll leave you something. But it won't come to you easily. You'll have to hunt for it. Leave me something? But What do you mean? I'll be frank with you. I'm disappointed in you, my only son... I took my father's fortune, invested it in banks and railroads, and tripled it. You, James, uh, how old are you now? Thirty-five. Yes, thirty-five. In thirty-five years, you haven't shown any of the hill gumption. You scraped through school, and now I hear you're thinking of getting married. At your age... Well, is there something wrong with that? There's something wrong with being a nobody. So I'm going to have my own little joke. Father, if you give me money now, you can have the pleasure of seeing me enjoy it and knowing I'll have enough to take good care of Castle Hill. Give you? You've been on an allowance since you were five years old. How much do you make in that garden place you work in? Not enough, I'm afraid. Not, because you're not worth more. Well, maybe after I'm gone, you'll start showing a little initiative carrot at the end of a stick. That's where your grandfather got the mules to move across mountains back in the gold rush days. There isn't going to be any will. If you're smart enough, you'll inherit. If you're not, well, then I guess the state of California is going to get a nice big present. On your way out, tell Browning I'm ready for my whiskey. That's what he said, Monsieur Vermont. If I'm smart enough, I'll inherit. And that was the last time I saw my father alive. Well, disappointment can make a man do strange things. What do you mean? It is quite obvious that this house, its valuable furnishings, the grounds, all had no more meaning for your father when your mother died. That was why he wanted to be rid of everything, not to punish you. He never told me that, but, you know, you may be right. Sorrows are very private. Perhaps he did not tell you because he did not think you would understand. Uh, who is this Browning? Oh, I guess you could call him the family's most faithful servant. Came here as a boy. He was brought up in this house by the cook, but uh, she's dead now. How old is your Browning? Oh, I'd say about uh, 50. Ten years older than I. Now that my father's dead, I told him he'd better get himself another position. And he said no. He would stay on we. Oui? Yes, he said he'd remain on. He had a little money. It didn't matter to him that I couldn't pay him. Well, I would like to meet him, this family retainer. Mm. No sooner said than done. Well, that is quite a bell to summon the servants. Yes, my father's idea. So no matter where on the grounds they might be, they'd hear him. He had an elaborate system of rings for the gardener, the chauffeur, butler, and so on. Uh, May I tie it? Oh, certainly, Monsieur Armand. Uh, Just give the uh, bell pull a good tug. Ah, beautiful tone. Well, where is your man? How stupid of me. I just remembered. Uh, Browning hasn't been well for some weeks, ever since my father died, in fact. Refuses a doctor, spends a good bit of time in his room... Just his dog to keep him company. Well, never mind. I will see him later. No, 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 no. no. I insist. Uh, let me go have a look myself. Oh. Monsieur Valmont! Monsieur Valmont, come here, quickly! What is it? What is wrong? Mon Dieu, qu'est-ce qui est arrivé? I, I found him in the hall here like this, lying on the floor. Oh, the man is bleeding. Look, he's coming too. Browning! Browning! Brian, what happened? Uh, Mr. Hill, do you have some bandages? Uh, yes, I'll, I'll go see. I'll, I'll be right back. Oh. Here, here, my handkerchief to hold back the blood. Uh, do not move. They hit me and ran. They? Two people? I'm not sure. I think so. I was coming out of the kitchen and I heard someone and before I could turn around... They hit me. Well, now, all I could find was some alcohol and some adhesive plaster in this cotton. Well, you see, that cut over his right eye is most serious. We must stop the blood right away. Okay, uh, uh, Browning, now this may hurt. I must wash the cut with this alcohol. Now, uh, now, hold... Hold still. No, it's stop. Oh, let me... Let me smell that. Ah. Huh. This is not alcohol, mon ami. Well, are you sure it was in the medicine cabinet? Well, it uh, it may be oxalic acid, but it is definitely not alcohol. Uh, just place the cotton over his eye. Yes. So, gently. Uh, gently. Uh, Browning, you hold it over your eye. Uh, uh, I wish to have a look around. Ah, uh, look. Here. Just as I thought. What the police like to call a blunt instrument. A hammer. Ah, has blood on it. They must have dropped it when they ran. Why hope i didn't do anything wrong with what i thought was alcohol uh, what did you say it was oxalic acid yes it is used to remove spots or to clean brass but subcutaneously it is quite poisonous oh, i should never have forgiven myself oh he is not well you'd better telephone an ambulance oh yes i'll uh, get on to them right away i should also notify the police mr hill Why would anyone wish to attack me? Me? The very question I was going to ask you, Mr. Browning. You know of no one who would have anything to gain by getting you out of the way? I have nothing of any value. Hmm. And you are certain that it was two men? Uh, Quite, sir. Can you describe them? No, I'm afraid not. My back was turned. Ah, too bad. No description, no motive, but at least we have what may be the weapon. Inspector, the ambulance and the police will be here any moment. Ah, Mr. James Hill, good morning. Welcome to your own police station. Uh, Inspector, this is Mr. Hill. I uh, picked up Browning from the hospital this morning and took him back to Castle Hill. This is Inspector Graves I told you about on the telephone. He has made me feel very much at home in his California police state. Uh, state police. Inspector. Oh yes, <laughs> it's an honor to have Eugene Valmont in our little neck of the woods, uh, Mr. Hill. We have identified the fingerprints on the hammer. Oh, you you know who it was who hit Browning? Browning himself. What? We uh, ran the fingerprints through the computer, Mr. Hill. Nothing. No record. Then Mr. Valmont suggested we run them through the motor vehicle records. Sure enough, they turned up. Elisha Browning, Castle Hill, driver's license number 066416666. That is point one. At uh, point two, before leaving yesterday, I went outside and made a careful survey of the grounds. No footprints, no loose pebbles, no flowers, crushed, no sign of anyone having run away. The point being that there was no one. Your man, Browning, hit himself, Mr. Hill. Well, that's incredible. Browning tells us he did not see who attacked him because his back was turned. Only that it was two persons. But the wound on his head was in front, over his right eye. So, either he was facing his assailant or he is lying and hit himself with the hammer. Which means that there were
1: no attackers. You may well ask, what has this case so far got to do with a scrooge or miserliness? Come now, since when have we divulged all the evidence or clues by the end of Act One? Never. There is more to come, more to know, and more to be surprised about. Ask anyone who has followed the adventures of that French detective extraordinaire, Eugène Vermont. I shall return shortly. With Act Two. (laughs) Deceit, the Bard tells us, springs from unreasoning fear. If indeed Elisha Browning, servant and longtime friend of James Dudley Hill, tried to deceive Eugène Valmont and James III into thinking he had been attacked, why did he do it? What was he afraid of? Surely there must be more to this than meets the eye, as you faithful followers of mystery theatre all know. But why? One doesn't hit oneself
2: over the head and draw blood so badly as to be taken to the hospital for stitches for no reason. Well, one day your Mr. Browning will tell us himself. I think we'd better have your butler in here for questioning, but uh, I would rather pursue this case without uh, how you say, tipping off this Browning. Uh, may I? Huh? It's your case. After all, if a man hits himself on the head with a hammer, that is not against the law, no? No, but if he wishes to pretend he has been attacked by two assailants, uh, that is also not against the law, no? No. What we must discover, then, is the why, or as we say in Paris at the Surté, the who. Who profits from the crime? But, Inspector, there, there has been no crime. Perhaps yes, perhaps no. Hello, hello. Uh, is this the Alexandra Motel? Uh, I asked for Monsieur Valmont's room. Oui, c'est moi, Valmont, ici. Uh, this is Valmont. Oh, uh, this is James Hill. I thought I'd be hearing from you. Well, I've been very busy sightseeing in your California. But aren't you interested in my case? Uh, Monsieur Valmont, look, uh, can I come by your hotel and we can talk? I'm going to your land of the Marines to see the training of seals. What? And I'm leaving in practically a few minutes. Oh, oh, to Marine land to see the trained seals, sure. You have been there? Well, let me pick you up and take you. I'll be there in 15 minutes. Fantastic. Look at those animals, how they balance a ball and swim with it. Uh, Monsieur Valmont, may I have your attention for just one moment? Oh, but of course. Now, I did ask you if this case would interest you. You remember? My, my dear Hill, you spoke of a missing wife, a missing money, missing will, missing brains. But what I have seen so far is not of too much interest to Valmont. But these wonderful aquatical acrobats are of great interest. Mr. Hill... A man hits himself on the head. He is not a criminal. He is weak in the head. But Browning insists Insists? he Insists? I tell you that he was not attacked by two men. And if he did not hit himself, then it was by someone he knows. So how my father disposed of millions in cash somehow does not interest you? Me? No. You? Yes. I understand. You wish Belmont to help you find it. Of course, there is money somewhere, maybe even inside your Castle Hill. Do you believe that? Your father sells everything, furniture, paintings, securities, n'est-ce pas? It must be somewhere. One does not burn money. But I've looked everywhere. (coughs) Monsieur Valmont, if there are millions, I'll share them with you equally. Now, is that fair? But you're very generous. Do you ever uh, take a case on speculation? Uh, speculation? You know, what I mean is, do you accept a case on a contingent fee? <laughs> in other words, monsieur, no results, no pay. I am afraid I could not accept such an offer. When I take on a case, it is 24 hours in the day, all of my time and attention. I try for success, but I cannot order it à la carte. In the meanwhile, one must live, and that is why I must charge for my time. Uh, Mr. Hill, earlier you spoke of some communication from your late father. Yes, I, I found it when I was trying to put his books in order in his library. I, I Have it with me. Uh, please, read it. Very well. Let me see. My dear firstborn, you will find your fortune between a couple of sheets in the library. Your father, James Dudley Hill. Huh. That's not what I would call a legal will. Oh, it doesn't have to be. I'm the only heir. But you have no money to pay me for my assistance. And right now, no wife either. Well, the trouble is, Valmont is a romantic. Perhaps I could make an exception and spend one day at Castle Hill. Just one day? Just one day. And then I will decide. Ah, so. This is the library. What did your father do, read newspapers on the floor? Uh, This is just the way we found it. We searched here for days on end. Uh, Just a moment, we... Yes, uh, Browning and I... Uh, I want to talk to him uh, later. Uh, Now, Mr. Hill... Uh, Monsieur Valmont, why don't you call me uh, James, would you? Yes, James. Uh, uh, James, was your father a religious man? Mm, I wouldn't say so. I can't remember him ever going to church. Hmm. Do you know, I knew of a case where an heir expected a large sum of money, and his bequest was the family Bible, which he threw into the fire. He was that angry. Afterwards, he he found out he had destroyed thousands of pounds of English banknotes. Good Lord. The object being to induce the legatee to read the good book or suffer through the neglect of it. Hmm. Well, we haven't left one book unopened. As soon as I read that my fortune would be between a couple of sheets, you can imagine. And uh, Browning, did he know? Well, if he did, I never told him. All I said was that it was important and... Whatever piece of paper he found anywhere, to be sure to let me see it. The man is no idiot. Browning may well have discovered what you were looking for when you were not here, and he may not have told you. Oh, I can't believe that. He's lived at Castle Hill for 40 years, served my father for 30. My father was very fond of him. But left him no money. Well, that's true. He didn't, but we treated him like a son. Evidemment. Left him nothing, like his son. James, I am frankly suspicious of this man. Would you mind now showing me to his room? Come in. Ah, yes, Mr. Browning. Uh, do you feel well enough to receive a visitor? Oh, come in, sir, come in. Uh, excuse me for not getting up. Oh, well, that's perfectly all right, Browning, uh... Do you remember, Monsieur Belmont? He has a few questions. Uh, If you do not mind, James, I would like to talk to Browning alone. Of course. Uh, Tell me, how does your head feel today? Uh, It's felt better. Uh, Please, sit down. Uh, Thank you. Oh, is that your dog, Mr. Browning? Yes, yes, that's Punch. He never leaves my side. You are the famous Eugene Valmont, the French detective, am I right? I am Valmont, yes. I've been thinking about when I was clubbed. It uh, wasn't by two people. Valmont, really? really? Not two? No. I heard something. I was reading an old newspaper. When I turned, there he was, one man. It all happened so quickly, I was stunned, blinded. I imagined there were two. Interesting. That hammer you were hit with, uh, uh, do you have occasion yourself to use such a hammer? Well, lately, quite a lot. Master James instructed me to open every wooden box I could find in the cellar. Most of them just contained rubbish, old bills. All over the house, we have all sorts of tools, and they're everywhere. You'll find nails and saws in a bathtub, hammers in the kitchen... Master James' father did everything himself with his hands. He didn't believe in electricians, plumbers, carpenters. He was a very handy man. Uh, Have you seen the master bedroom? Uh, No, no, I have not. Uh, What would I find there? The master turned it into a workshop, an iron foundry. A foundry? What is that? Why, if an iron gate needed fixing, he'd melt up the iron and bang out a new hinge for it or something... Oh, he was absolutely mad at the end, mad as a hatter. Imagine keeping tools in the kitchen. That hammer that you were hit with, Browning, uh, did you know it only had your fingerprints on it? Well, I shouldn't wonder. The person who hit me was wearing gloves. You saw that? That's the last thing I did see. Why didn't you tell me before? Well, you didn't ask me. Yes. I, I do not suppose that you noticed what kind of gloves they were. Yeah, I did green gloves, like gardening gloves. We have a pair in the kitchen. Mr. Valmont, sir, am I being suspected of something? At this moment, only of not telling all the truth. Did you find out anything, Monsieur Valmont? He does not remember very much, but he still insists that he was attacked. Did you tell him that his were the only fingerprints on the hammer? He explained his assailant wore gloves. Hmm. Nor was it two men. Now he says it was one man. Oh. Well, did he recognize him? No, but he may in time. Uh, Browning spoke of your father's bedroom. uh, An iron foundry. Uh, Have you searched there? No, it's a foundry, all right. There's an oven for heating metal, a forge, an anvil. Wait just a moment. An anvil in the bedroom. Please show it to me. (laughs) There she is. Father made a blacksmith's shop out of this room. The forge is built into that fireplace. He made it for himself with Browning's help. Why? There is even, uh, how you say, a a bellows. Mm. With all that money, he was extremely stingy. If a garden tool was broken, do you think he'd go buy a new one? Never. He'd take it up here, start a fire going, and before you knew it, he'd beaten out a piece of iron on the anvil and mended whatever it was, a broken shovel or spade, rake, anything. Hated things new. You know, there's not a single book in the library that isn't at least 50 years old. Never bought a new book as long as I've known him. The only thing that makes it a bedroom is that small cot in the corner. Very strange man, indeed. Mm. Uh, Now, what time is it? Ah, yes, three o'clock. Inspector Graves has promised to drive me to the Orange Groves this afternoon, so if you would be good enough to take me back to my hotel... But what about the search for my inheritance? haven't made up my mind yet. Allow me to think about it, James. Oh. 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 Hello. Hello, Mrs. Belmont. Who? Uh, Mr. Browning downstairs in the lobby to see me? Uh, we'll certainly send him out. Uh, by the way, what, what time is it? Eight o'clock. Good. Send me my breakfast as well. And uh, do tell Mr. Browning to come up. Well, this is very early in the morning, Browning. What brings you here? Uh, Mr. Velma, I have no one to turn to but you. Turn to? What do you mean? My life is in danger. I'm sure of it. Ah, (laughs) at last. Someone is trying to kill me. Good. Good. Jeopardy. Now the case begins to interest me.
1: Why is Valmont so pleased that someone would wish to kill Elisha Browning? Why has James Hill's father gone to such lengths to hide an inheritance? Is there a fortune? If you have deduced the answers, you can patch yourself on the back because those are the same clues available to the Parisian detective. Remember, you may see the evidence clearly and yet not recognize it. Check in and see how right you are when I return shortly with Act 3. Suspicions, wrote Sir Francis Bacon some 300 years ago. Suspicions amongst thoughts are like bats among birds. They ever fly by twilight. There is not a character you have met from Castle Hill who has not acted suspiciously or been suspected. And have you also noticed that for some reason, known only to himself, the great detective Eugène Valmont appears to play a waiting game? For whom has he set the trap and waits? Let's find
2: out. How is the wound on your head, Browning? Does it still trouble you? Not as much as what I am about to tell you, Mr. Belmont. Please proceed. Uh, you're aware, sir, that my former master, Mr. James Dudley Hill, was an eccentric man. I was brought up in his household from the time I was a child. I never knew my parents, but I always regarded the cook as my aunt. Ah, then you knew James when he was a little boy. As a baby, I was ten years old, and I knew Mrs. Hill, an artistic, lovely lady. It was a sad day when she died. And uh, James, did you get along with him? We had nothing in common. He was the only son, and I was the butler. But uh, let me talk about the present. Valmore is listening. It is today, one month since the master died and since James returned to Castle Hill. And that was the very first day I did not feel well. I do not believe I understand you. Well, right after the funeral, I became so ill I could hardly stand. Master James was very considerate, permitting me to stay in bed, sending for his own doctor, bringing me my food and medicine himself. And then I recovered and helped him look for something he told me his father had hidden in the library. Then, one day... I found some old English newspapers. That was the day I was attacked. The day you arrived, Monsieur Valmont. Uh, Go on. Then, yesterday, back from the hospital, I suddenly felt quite ill again. And Master James brought me a little supper. he had made me an omelette, something light. Toast and tea. And wished me well, and he left my room. As I sat up in bed, the omelette fell to the floor... Well, you know what dogs are, and my punch started to eat it, and suddenly it gave a little groan and lay down. I couldn't do anything with him. I called Master James. He didn't know what to make of it, so I got up and drove punch to the veterinarians. Punch had been poisoned. And so you concluded the poison had been meant for you? Yes, I did. And all my peculiar sicknesses these past weeks... I knew... I know what you know. You do not have to say any more. What shall I do, Mr. Valmont? Well, you will return to Castle Hill as if you suspected nothing. But I cannot believe what I suspect. Then do not believe it. Is that all you can tell me? I would not eat any food unless I prepared it myself. Why did he try to poison me? I too have a question. For you. You knew it was James Hill who hit you with that hammer. Why did you try to protect him and tell me that some stranger had attacked you? You knew? Of course. Well, am I a fool? It was as plain as the bandage on your head. But why did you not say something? I was afraid he had taken leave of his senses, sir. As I often thought had happened to his father. I thought it was in the blood that he had gone mad. James Hill wanted something. What do I have that is so important to him? Oh, so threatening. When you were searching with James, what exactly did you find? Nothing but rubbish. Old bills. The master never threw away a bill. Ah. And where are these old bills? Well, they're probably still where I put them, in a barrel in the cellar we filled several barrels with useless old papers. Then nothing has been thrown out. No, not by me, sir. Parfait. Now, I want you to show me the way to the cellar and then return to your room. Lock the door if you feel it is necessary. When I have made my examination, I shall ask you to join Mr. Hill and myself in the library. I'll be there, Mr. Valmont. Gentlemen... Uh, Forgive my appearance, but I have been several hours in the cellars. And there is much dirt and uh, unclean dust. Now, I have found several scraps of paper, which I hope will lead us on the road to clearing up this mystery. But, Monsieur Vermand, this was to be a private transaction between you and me. It doesn't concern Browning. Now, why is he here with us in the library? Uh, Mr. Hill, uh, James. Believe me, by having you both here, I shall not violate any confidences. Now, I have discovered three bills in my search among all that trash you had discarded in the cellars. I hope what I have here in my hand will help us. I still don't see why we have to have Browning here. Jeds, you asked me to solve this mystery. Belmont does it his way, and Belmont insists on that way. Good. Now, here's a bill dated four years ago with the letterhead Samson and Sons booksellers. I happen to know they sell only technical books, handicrafts, do-it-yourself. Unfortunately, the name of the book bought is obscured. Has either of you come across a new book on these library shelves? Mm, Not that I know of, sir. A new book? Certainly not. Then I shall contact Samson's and have them check the invoice number. All right. Here is a second bill for which I need your assistance. Twenty-seven rolls of an expensive wallpaper, plus, uh, here attached, another twenty-seven rolls of very cheap wallpaper. Mr. Hill told me he intended to paper the entire house. Alone? Himself? Oh, yes indeed, sir. He was quite a handyman. It took him over a year to finish papering this library, but he kept at it. Well, now, will you look at this? I've just pulled a corner of the wallpaper back from the door. Huh. Scandalous. I, I remember. Now, there's the most exquisite wood paneling underneath. Then there is this bill, also for paper. Ten thousand sheets, Delanois and Compagnie Paris. Does either of you have any idea why Mr. Hill Sr. would import special paper from France? James, not the slightest. Well, I do remember the paper arriving, sir. Large packages, about six inches in width. Heavy it was. But Mr. Hill took it into the library and I never saw it again. I don't see how this has anything to do with... with what you came here to do, Monsieur Balmont inspector graves i tell you what i find peculiar about this case nowhere have i been able to find any information in the newspaper files about james dudley hill as a young man the first news story i find well he is 30 years old and he marries miss georgia castle well just because someone's the son of a famous gold prospector that's not newsworthy even in those days Besides, I, uh, I remember reading that uh, James's father was brought up in England. He didn't come back to the USA till he's was about uh, 30. Hmm. Lived in England. Uh, well, that might explain it. Why are you so interested in James's father when he was a young man? To reject or verify a theory of mine. Graves, what is it? Car smash up on Castle Hill Road, Inspector. One of those hurt is James Hill 3rd. Well, you don't mean it. it. I'm on my way. Let's go, Belmont. You look at that. One car hanging over the side of the road held back by one wheel, the other uh, twenty feet down over the cliff, stopped by a tree. Both people are on stretches over here. Uh, uh, can you see who that is? They're loading into the ambulance? What? It is James Hill. Uh, oh, who's the other one? It is Browning. Browning. Uh, Browning, can you can you hear me? It is Eugene Valmont. Valmont. Okay. How did you get here? I came with the police. He came after me. I found look in my glove compartment. I was driving into town to come and see you. I know now why he... Vermont, the boys want to get into the hospital. Can you talk to him later? Uh, Just a moment, please. Browning, Browning, what happened? He came after me. Master James. I tried to get out of his way. He followed me down the hill. Right here, this curve. He forced me off the road, over the cliff. Oh, please. Do not say any more. You will be well taken care of. Inspector, this is the library. Now, watch me. I, uh, take my knife to this place by the door... ...where the wallpaper is a little pulled from the wall... ...and I pull so. Voila. One piece which I hand to you, Inspector... Good lords, it's heavy as lead. Not lead, Inspector. Gold. Do you see that anvil and the pile of bricks? Uh That was a furnace. We took it apart. James Dudley Hill sold all of his possessions and purchased gold. In the furnace he melted down the gold bars, then beat it into almost gold leaf on the anvil. Then hid it between two layers of wallpaper. How did you ever find out? I had three clues a book on metallurgy, which he must have bought to learn how it was done, the two kinds of wallpaper, and also a bill for a special kind of French paper, very heavy, of great strength, which is used only to make gold leaf on. You mean this whole room is papered in solid gold? Huh, that James Hill going to inherit millions. I'm afraid not. I want to show you this newspaper. Oh, careful, it is very old. I, uh, I found it in Browning's car. Huh. The London Times, 19... it's to... more than 50 years old. Here, let me show you the column. You see? An announcement of the death of Mrs. James Dudley Hill, former Betty Browning, musical comedy performer, died today in the birth of her son. Oh. Old Hill was married before he came back to California. The son will be taken care of by the Sisters of Mercy at St. Barnabas. Mr. Hill left England and returned to his native California. Betty Browning. Elisha Browning. He he was given his mother's maiden name. And was brought up to believe he was no more than a butler. What do you suppose he knows about this? It is not what he knows, but who he is. He will inherit everything. Well, what did James's father have against him that he would leave him nothing? He never approved of his second son. But having hidden away the first, he concocted this joke. And James? I am quite certain that when he was searching for his inheritance, he must have found Browning's birth certificate. And if he could not locate the money, he had to do away with Browning. Well, that winds it up ma, you've done us a big favor. <laughs> I, uh, I have also a favor. Before I go home, would you show me how they grow California wine? It is something all Frenchmen would like to know, but they do not dare to ask.
1: So the private post-mortem joke of James Dudley Hill was that money would bring out the worst in those with the least character. A strange man who would deny his eldest son in life and favor him in death. Is it possible then that somewhere in the other world, the Midas of Castle Hill has had his last laugh? I shall return shortly. Titus was the mythical king who wished that everything he touched might turn to gold. But when his food and drink became gold, he begged this power be taken from him. No, great wealth does not equal great happiness. We started out with Dickens, and so we shall end. If only James Dudley Hill could have seen things differently, as did old Scrooge at the end, and, as Dickens tells us, opened his heart and laughed. No longer was gold his whole life. Laughter and love were quite enough for him. Our cast included Norman Rose, Russell Horton, and Robert Dryden. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown.
0: In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and and there's there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss.